1: Hello, and welcome back to the Mason Jar here on the Cersei Institute Podcast Network. I'm David Kern, and I am joined, as always, by Cindy Rollins. Cindy, how's it going?
2: It's going very well.
1: We are here to discuss uh, Charlotte Mason and all things Charlotte Mason and Jason. <laughs> um, and this week's uh, topic is going to be uh, using or Bible reading in the home, I guess, and in the home school. Um, and I know you have much to say about that. You've spoken about it before. and um, I was you Cindy actually mentioned this question and I was glad she did because it's something I've been thinking about myself so I have I might have some follow-up questions for for you um before we dive into that though I just need to say a quick word from Christendom College who is our sponsor this month. It's a Catholic liberal arts college offering a time-tested and rigorous education. Their core 86-credit liberal arts curriculum is provided under the mentorship of committed faculty and complemented by a culture of personal attention, helping each student discern and develop his or her academic and vocational goals. The college's main front Royal Virginia campus overlooks the Shenandoah River with scenic views of the neighboring Blue Ridge Mountains. Christendom also offers classes in Alexandria, Virginia, as well as a broad and Donegal, Ireland, and Rome, where students can earn BA degrees in the Classics, English, History, Philosophy, Mathematics, Political Science, and Economics, and Theology, as well as MA degrees in Theological Studies. Students from the homeschool community find Christendom a welcome college home and make up 60% of their enrollment. That's a, wow, that's a big number. For more information, visit the Christendom College website at www.christendom.edu.
2: Who wouldn't want to go to college and Ireland. <laughs> yeah, or Rome. Yeah, Rome. That is awesome.
1: Donegal, Ireland. I assume I'm pronouncing that wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds right to me.
1: We'll go with it. We'll go. With yeah.
2: That.
1: Um. Okay. So, so, Bible reading in the home. Now, when you think about this, this concept, in terms of what you were thinking about when when you mentioned that we should talk about it, do you are you discerning between the idea of like Bible reading and Bible study?
2: Yeah, I guess I, well in a way um yeah yes I am because I'm really talking about bible reading in the home because I think that bible study is something that we do a little bit more rare is should is more rare for our on, uh, on our time wow that is awkward but anyway we we spend more time we should be spending more time on just regular consistent Bible reading. And then Bible study might be something that um, we add on when we have time, but it might not be something that is important for us to do every single day Mm. and um, all the time. Bible study can be an add-on, whereas Bible reading should just be a part of our everyday life.
1: Like the habit of sort of contemplative reading?
2: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, if you want to or call, it, I hate reading. to call it devotional reading because people, you know, we all we, that word has gotten a bad rap lately. But um, yes, I, I just think that most of our Bible reading is going to be devotional in nature or contemplative. Um, mm. Some of our Bible reading will be intense study with our, you know, concordance and all the our books that we yeah, have around yeah. the house, out and commentaries. But that's pretty rare, and that and, I mean, for some of us, it's not going to be as rare as for others. There are many, you know, families that the husband or the wife are in seminary. And obviously those people are going to be doing a lot of deep Bible study. And, and there are groups that have Bible studies. There's book clubs that have more intense Bible study. But none of that right. is really what we're doing on a daily basis with our families. And right, I think um, there's a time and a place to have a Bible curriculum with children just so that maybe they learn some categories and, and some big ideas that are going on in the Bible. But, but really the heart and soul of our interaction with the Bible is kind of organic and and should be natural and should be just a part of every single day. On the one hand, it should be organic and natural and part of every day. And on the other hand, you don't want to supplement it with, um, if we're going by what Charlotte Mason says, you know, we don't want to overteach it either. We want to present it, um, and we but we don't want to um, color it too much with our own perceptions and ideas. Because um, there's a couple concepts that can happen with um, Bible reading, and, and Charlotte Mason covers those very well. The one is that we're trying uh, our children get the message. That this is their their morality does not come from God through the power of the Holy Spirit, but their their morality comes from the Bible, and do this, do don't do that, and and that's kind of a dangerous um, switch to make. Um, where, um, well, here I'll I'll read her quote here on this being good. She says again, the knowledge of God is distinct from morality. Or, what the children call being good, though being good follows from that knowledge. But let these come in their right order. Do not be preached the child to weariness about being good as what he owes to God without letting in upon him first a little of that knowledge which will make him good. We are no longer suffering from an embarrassment of riches, these limitations shut out so much of ordinary teaching about divine things that the question becomes rather, what shall we teach or how shall we choose? Um, So so she she speaks earlier in this passage about um, how how we use Bible stories as morality tales and um, we, we push on our students what we want them to get out of the story rather than letting the Bible speak for itself. And and she says this, it would be well if the reticence of the Bible were observed by the writers of children's books. So she says Mm. the Bible holds back a little bit Mm. and and doesn't overdo, you know, and and so we should hold back a little bit and not overdo it.
1: Mm. It's almost like, when when we're talking about the Bible or, or reading it with our kids, that we don't really believe that it's powerful, like that it can do. Yeah, its, that yes, because of exactly. its, because of its nature, it it can work in their lives without us having to draw their attention to every little thing.
2: Yeah, I mean it. It really does it. And then they pick up kind of that fear, like our fear that they're not going to be good. And I say this obviously from experience. I did that with my kids you know, I wanted the best for them. So I, I was very nervous about the Bible reading. I wanted to make sure they got it. And I wanted to make sure I brought the point home. And um, that just was not the way to build faith in a child. And I've, and I, with my last child here, I've tried not to do that as much as I'm a slow learner. And, <laughs> and I've mentioned this before in other areas with this child, where I step back more and more with this child, I'm still, his mother, I'm still, I'm still trying to you know, mold or, or present him, mold is the bad word, but present him with um, truth, goodness, and beauty, but yeah. I'm doing it um, as a presentation. He's welcome mm. to eat of what he wants. I'm not going to cram it down his throat. Mm. And I have found that to be very effective. And even with the Bible, uh, now I will say this, I have paired that with much prayer I pray, you know, whenever I get fearful, instead of telling him, oh, I'm afraid you're not, are you sure that's the right thing to do? Or are you, are, do you want to go to that? Or, you know, is that music really what you want to be listening to? Um, instead of confronting him like I would have maybe and made a spiritual issue out of something that might not really be a spiritual issue, mm-hmm. um, I, I've learned to just um, pray and let God bring people into his life in the Holy Spirit because he is a baptized Christian. Um, let them do their work, you know, let God do the work in his life. And that's gone. I've been pleasantly surprised at how well that's gone. <laughs> it, it wasn't all up to me. I thought it was. And apparently it was not.
1: Do you think that it's parents, now I've got younger kids. So for me, it's you know, a different perspective, I suppose, about this, but, do you think that parents of older children, middle school, high school, and so forth, um, tend to? You said you call it over spiritualizing issues. I think. Like, yeah. Do you think that when that there's that's a pretty common tendency to, um, to take something when our kids do something wrong, or they make some kind of mistake, or they they have some bad habit that they're not breaking, that we we kind of over spiritualize that, and you know start making them feel like oh what's wrong with me.
2: Yeah, I definitely think we do that. I think, I think we that's just fear. It's fear that we're not in control. And sometimes we do see things that are taking them down a path that maybe is not the best, best path. But they, they also can take a couple steps and, and maybe like cut their foot on a piece of glass or something and then realize that isn't the right path. And now they're going to be way stronger. You know, this week something happened in our family where somebody, I, I'm trying to say this without, you know, being personal, but someone did, someone um, had an accident and it was a stupid, you know, something that, that could have been, been better. Yes, could have been avoided. And at the same time, you know, so my job wasn't to come in now, I'm mom, oh my goodness, why, you knew better than that. Why did you do that? Because that person, all that was there. They knew that. I didn't have to say it. Now I know that I did they didn't they weren't going to miss that lesson if I said it. in fact, if I had come in if I come in saying that stuff, then what that person is immediately going to do is start making excuses in their mind and defending themselves. And then what I saw by not doing that was a great humility on the part of the person and and an and an ability to say Wow, I made a horrible mistake. I did something wrong, rather than, you know, well, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was somebody else's fault.
1: It does seem like so.
2: It
1: it does seem like as parents, it's very easy for us to put our kids in a position where they feel like their natural instinct is to kind of be defensive, like when you trap an animal in the corner mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, Not necessarily. I mean, sometimes it could be a pride issue or whatever, but there's also just. You know, you might, they might be recognizing something in themselves, but as soon as you start to be aggressive about it, how, I mean, it makes sense that they would kind of get defensive back. And none of
2: this means that we don't teach them or like, especially when they're little and stuff, you have more, you can say more, you're, you're, you, you have a platform. Um, It's just knowing how to, you know, quietly move to the background as they get older and letting You know, I, you know, it's one thing for you to say to your little boys, Oh, you're a mighty man of valor. But I've heard people say that about their 20 year olds. Oh, he's a mighty man of valor. And at that point it becomes a little silly and ridiculous. And I feel like they're hindering their child from growing up. I mean, yes, you know, we want them to be mighty men of valor, but there's just something inane about saying that to a 20-year-old and not a 7-year-old and yet we do it all the time because we don't c- realize that um the damage we're doing by you mm. know by by thinking that we are we have some control over over something which we don't really have control over
1: mm.
2: th- which is their soul <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well let's um Let's take a quick step back because, yeah, yeah, as far as you know, some of the I don't know best practices or habits, or or, or how to make Bible reading a habit in your home. Um, can we start with the younger years and then kind of you can kind of explain how that might evolve over the time? So let's say I don't know. Let's, let's just use my house as an example. Um, yeah. So I've got you know little kids. We're in that kind of like kindergarten first second grade range. Um, also have a baby and. One on the way, so all those different things that I think a lot of families that are. Oh wait a minute! Confident. I didn't
2: know about the one on the way.
1: You didn't know about that? No. Yeah, we got. I a, missed
2: that. When's that baby due? That little
1: this, this November.
2: Oh, this November?
1: Yeah, soon. Did I
2: miss that? Are you? Well, kidding? I
1: mean, we haven't. I don't know. It's the fourth one, so we haven't really been, you know, <laughs> talking about it as much. We're having a girl though, so.
2: Okay. Oh, you're having a girl. Oh, yeah. how exciting! We that is really nice. Yeah. Yes. So. Okay, so anyway. Now you can finish. Now you're done, as so many people would say. And everyone to
1: me. would say, yeah. Um, okay, so let's just I think a lot of people are probably in a similar situation as me with you yeah. and then just a lot going on. So, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into this and how hard it is to keep habits in, in a home that's has a lot of different things going on. So, in my situation, or if you were me or my wife, how would you build? bible into the home. Are there some specific tips or advice that you would give for that?
2: Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would do every morning. First of all, if they see you reading your bible, that's really good. Um that's one of the big problems with the the using our our devices because then they don't actually mm-hmm. see us reading the bible. Um sometimes it might just be good to just read from the Bible, or you might just slowly and passing mention that you're reading from the Bible. But I was reading on, this morning in, in my bible phone, Yeah, <laughs> uh, because otherwise, you know, you're are you playing a game on your phone? Are you reading yeah, the Bible on the true. phone? Are you, that's you know, true. they don't really know. And and most of the time, you're not reading your Bible on the phone. Most so of the time,
1: right. we're playing games.
2: Yes, that's right. Or reading or reading Facebook. Yes yeah, so so there's the there's that problem that we don't have that old timey example that 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 really spoke that's how i learned to read the bible my parents read the bible every day each of them sitting in their chair you know somewhere sometime during the day and i always saw them doing that so when i became an adult nobody said to me you have to have your devotions or read your bible every day but to, somehow it it was i'm I became aware that that's what adults do because my parents had done that so I immediately started my own routine of doing that when I was all grown up at 18 you know I, I and I had been reading my bible when I was 16 17 but when I got to be 18 you know and I was married now I had my own home and uh, of course I'm going to wake up every morning to do what adults do buy Pepsi huh. and read the bible <laughs> but but that so that was a good example but so what I did when I had my guys is the minute they were besides the fact that when they woke up we read the Bible in morning time is I always had them the minute they woke up they made their bed the first thing required of everyone over a long 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 period of time was that they read their Bibles now if they were three years old I would just give them a little picture Bible and yeah, say, yeah. you know, just look at the, every morning when you get up out of bed, you, you pick this up and you, you, you look at it for a few minutes. And So did and would that we, look like
1: they would just have, they would just do that in their room or would you have them, Yeah,
2: usually they did that in their room. And so then when they would come to morning time, because, because if you, one of the things I mention a lot is if you don't inspect what you expect, um, then it will not happen. Hmm. Pretty much every day at morning time, I asked who who ha, who read their Bible this morning. Does anybody have anything they'd like to share from their Bible reading? Mm-hmm. And usually, did it was you, the same person like to share every morning. And <laughs> everybody else was like, "Oh, is he really going to share again?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> did uh did you find that they were, for the most part, that they actually? I mean, well, how, well, how much were you having them read?
2: Um, I just said they had to read a chapter. Okay. I mean, when they got to the point where they were actually readers, if they were just little, like, and they couldn't read well, they would just sit there and read whatever they could. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. even tell them what to read. But um, as they got older, then um, the the idea was you read some chapter in the Bible, you know, you pick, I suggest this or I suggest that, but you can pick whatever you want and you read a chapter in the Bible. So maybe every, we go around the room and everybody say what they read that morning in the Bible or, or what chapter they read. They didn't have to say what they got out of it or what spoke to them, but yeah. they might just say, I read Luke, I read Revelation, I read, you know, Genesis. Um, and, and we would do that to keep it, keep them accountable. But in that way, um, that just becomes the number one habit that we want to instill from a very young age, hmm. and um, it worked well.
1: Did you ever do like rewards for Bible reading? No,
2: I would never have done that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: I'm not, I'm not a reward person, um, even now. Um, I just, um, yeah, I if the only reward thing I ever did with my kids was um, the book it program program and um for pizza hut oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but that was a way to get free pizza for our large family so (laughs) it
1: was practical yes um the reason i ask is because i remember when we were probably 10 11 12 something like that my dad told us that if we i'm trying to remember what the reward was but if we read the whole bible over the course of a year he would give us i think he said he would give us month, like 25 bucks or something. Yeah. And it was, one. Of the, it was like, it was a big goal. I remember being like, I'm never going to be able to do that. And we, so it was the, we had to read the whole Bible. I think.
2: Right. I um, actually think that's a good idea for, for, for something like that. You know, a huge, not a daily thing, but right, right. you yeah. know, a big accomplishment.
1: Yeah. Cause then you're showing them that, you know, we know that this is a challenging thing. This is going to take some effort on your part. And so we're going to reward you in kind, because we believe. Because
2: I've noticed that a lot of people read the Bible. Very few people read it over through through from cover to cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that's a really good idea. Uh, at least just once, just once for each person. You know, yeah, you might yeah. say not
1: like every. 16- okay,
2: you're you're twelve or you're thirteen or fourteen. Now you can read through the whole Bible. Um, if you can do that this year. Then uh, we did, I I take that back about rewards. We had a thing when they first started reading, um, when they got their first hundred books, when they completed Mm. reading a hundred books, we gave them a big reward. Um, Like uh, one time it was an airplane ride um, with a little airplane that somebody had that we knew. And I forget what some of the other things were, but, um, and and that started with the, from the very first Bob book to, you know, and by the time you get a hundred books, you're you know, it might have been Charlotte Webb as the last book. Or, the Hardy Boys? Yeah. or so, Usually it was a picture book because they tore through those picture books. But
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you do it, you have them read in the morning, and then you do it in morning time. And when you read in morning time, I mean, you've talked about this elsewhere, but can you just summarize quickly kind of how you would use Bible the Bible in the morning time? Yeah,
2: and that would be very much like Charlotte Mason is saying here. Um, you would just read the word. Um, everybody would pay attention. That was the one time. Um, how much? How much did tribe, you read? Um, I, Like I usually had a plan and I would just be reading. I, a lot of times I was reading through the Bible with the kids. So okay. generally I would read one chapter. Now, okay. sometimes when I didn't have a plan and I wasn't reading through the Bible, we would just read Proverbs. So that mm-hmm. would be one chapter. Some of Proverbs are kind of long, yeah, a couple a couple of the chapters you could just read. It really doesn't matter. You don't have to read a whole chapter. You could just read a half a chapter, or you know, ten verses. But it's just it's better. And as a matter of fact, one of the points I make about um, personal Bible reading is, uh, I don't know if you want to get off on that subject yet, but I'll wait on that.
1: No, you can can bring it up. Okay.
2: Well, one of the things I do in my speaking now uh, a lot is that I have um, people turn to John 1 and ask them to start reading, and I start a timer, and we time it for one minute. Generally speaking, in one minute's time, most people can read from 15 to 20 verses of the Bible, and I break that Hmm. down Um, there, I think there's like 127,000, I have this written somewhere and I didn't bring it today, but there's um, 127,000 verses in the Bible. And basically, if you only read for one minute a day, you could get through the whole Bible in four years. And if you, in your whole life, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So I don't like people, most people feel like they don't have time to, you know, the Bible seems like a really hard book and you, yeah. It's easy to put off, but really you only need a minute a day. Um, and if you read two minutes a day, you, you know, you could read the Bible in two years and, and hmm. on through
1: so, that. So it takes, if you read it for four minutes a day, the average person would read the Bible in a year.
2: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: you know, I was thinking about this the other <laughs> because um, when you, I, I think sometimes when I think about like reading the Bible, I, I think about it in terms of I don't know why exactly I think about it like this, but like, <laughs> that there's something is supposed to happen, or I'm supposed to get something out of it every time. Yes, yes. And sometimes like that feels like that feels like a weight. There's an ex. There's like a, an expectation or a weight of or something that makes me feel a little bit like it's like work, or it just makes me feel. I mean, not not always, obviously, but yeah. sometimes it makes me yeah. feel like. Oh, like all right here we go. I'm supposed to do this and and there is something valuable about just doing it cuz we're supposed to and having that habit and yeah. doing the right thing, but also sometimes because I feel like you know you're supposed to have some kind of revelation or something big is supposed to come out yeah. of it. And I'm supposed to notice something profound every time I read it. It feels like it can be overwhelming in some ways.
2: Yeah, and, I think that's and, the and,
1: word, and, overwhelming.
2: Yeah, and you don't have to, and I always say that, you don't have to feel anything. You don't have to journal it. You don't have to, you know, take a picture of it for Instagram. All you have to do is read the Bible. It's not your food. Um, Yeah, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Um, So, so... But there is that expectation. But the thing about the Bible reading is that if you're reading it all the time, then it becomes inside of you. It's living and active, and it's doing a work in you, whether you know it or not. You don't even have to be aware of it, and and it will do that all the time. It will. It won't be just when you're reading it, but God, you know, it will come to mind, um, all all the time when you need it because that's how the holy spirit uses it in our lives so you're really just giving yourself um future future ammunition for the holy spirit to use and you don't even have to have need it or use it the day you're reading it Hmm. Hmm.
1: what do you think of uh, i mean do you use bible reading plans to follow a lectionary anything like that
2: I, I like Bible reading plans. I use um, right now I, I, I go back and forth reading through the Bible either using the McChain um, reading plan which um, is on the uh, you, you Version Bible. Um, it's old uh, it's an old uh, like 19th century um, guy Robert McMurray Murray either McMurray, I think it's Robert Murray McChain. He was a Scottish guy and he has a way to get through the Bible in a year and it's like Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament as mm-hmm. far as four, you usually read about four chapters a day. Um, that's to get through the Bible in a year and I usually go back and forth between that plan and uh, ESV plan. But there's, but there's all kinds of plans you can use for Bible reading. One, one super simple way if you want to read through the whole Bible and, and, and if you, if you think about this, this is reading the whole Bible in a year, but you can break this down to less than that. But if you read three chapters in the Old and two chapters in the New every day, you would get through the Old Testament once a year, and you would get through the New Testament twice a year.
1: And so it's and, three and two.
2: Yeah. And that I found, you know, I, that was when I was 18. I found that in the um, Halley's or Haley's Bible handbook. I don't, I'm not sure whether it's Haley or Hallie. But um, the other thing you can do, which is also very, very helpful, is that you can um, divide the Bible up into um, the Old Testament into two sections. You can inv- you can divide the Old Testament up into the Old Testament as a whole and the poetics mm. so that you're reading all the way through the Old Testament all the time. Like, say, every day you're going to read one chapter of the Old Testament. And you're going to be reading one chapter of the poetic books and one chapter of the New Testament. So if you want to do that plan, it may take you a little longer to get through the whole Bible. But the cool thing about that plan is you're always reading through uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes Mm -hmm. and Song of Solomon, which are the poetic books. Mm -hmm. And those are really, um, or you could just do Psalms and Proverbs like some people do and just keep those on a steady a steady rotation i like to always pretty much be reading one of the poetic books
1: do you did you have any requirements or encouragement um did you encourage your kids to use reading plans or anything like anything like that i just encourage them them?
2: to read through the bible i didn't give them um, uh, sometimes we would have a plan for the year if they were doing ambleside year and they had a they had a, a bible plan you know i would assign that for their school, but that would be in addition to their just their devotional reading. Yeah,
1: just getting up in the morning and reading a chapter. Yeah.
2: And then Alex, I did put him. He was the only one that did a real like sturdy Bible curriculum, but he did the um, Cap, the Classical Academic Press Bible program, and oh, yeah. and I was very, I thought that was a very good program. Now I think he did it like fourth and fifth, or maybe sixth grade, and they have it like second or third or something. But um, I thought it was. I'm, I'm not a fan of workbooks for, for little, little children. So I liked it better at a, a little bit older age.
1: Yeah. Do you, are you a loyalist to a particular translation or did you ask your kids to read? Did you care what translation? Yeah,
2: honestly, the, we messed up big time there. Number one, I am, a, I love the King James version of the Bible and we did read that the most. But as we would change, like we were changing church the years we might have Hmm. i know we started out in a church that used the niv and then we moved to a church that was king james then we moved to a church that was new king james then we were in a church that was something else altogether yeah and i i wish that that is one of the beauties of the king james version if you just stick with it um i think every child should hear the King James version of the Bible at least once in their life. Hmm. But, um but, you know, some people really struggle with that. And I understand that, but I do think it's, I think it's very beautiful, but I do what, read, yeah, the, right. I, I read the ESV now just because it's what we use at our church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to cover on this topic?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I think that you know that's basically my view on on Bible reading. I, well, I will cover one more topic. One other thing that's really really nice to do in a family is if the father and the mother can can read a little tiny bit of the Bible together each day. I'm not trying. I, it begins to sound like a burden. Like first we read this Bible, and then this Bible, and then somebody else has to read the Bible. So I hesitate to say this, but at the very least, if 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 in a marriage, if a couple is praying together at at the end of the day, and if you have children, that's a great time to pray for all your children. Then uh, for us, that's kind of a burden. Like, oh my goodness, we got 30 people to pray for at the end of every day. But we do like to say the names of our children before the throne of God each day, and and we don't we fail many many times to do that. You know, one thing my husband works a rotating shift, so he's Not always home, but a lot of times he'll pray a quick prayer with me before he leaves for work. But I think that's been. There have been times when we haven't done that, and and I think um, it really helped our it helped our marriage when we had done that for years and years and years, and then we didn't do it, and then we went back to doing it, and um, it really was good for our marriage when we we started praying together again. So Hmm. I'm really uh, encouraged um Couples to you know read a couple of verses together, or or at least pray together every day.
1: Did you? How did you do that when you were most busy? Like, was there a specific time that you did you do that before you went to bed? Did you in the morning? Did you just usually we did it before it we time? yeah
2: usually before we went to bed we would we would pray or if I'm you know like if if I'm falling I fall asleep at eight thirty. And my husband will say, Oh, I see you're getting tired. Let, let's pray right now before, you know, before, you know, I stay up and watch the Braves and you go, go yeah. uh, to sleep. So, right, um, yeah. so you just kind of have to make the time for it. And, but once again, you're not making an hour or two hours, you're making a couple minutes to stop and pray.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. That's the thing that I feel like. I mean, I went to Bible college and yeah. like even there, there's something like, I don't know. Like no one ever says it's okay for you to just set aside, set aside some time, make it part of your habit, and any time is better than no time. You don't have to. Either, you don't have to go zero to sixty. You can work your way up to it. If you if that's not a part of your habit, you're part of your. If that habit is not a habit in your life already, it's hard to go from. You know, it's hard to go the op. What is the opposite of cold turkey? <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I I was, I'm kind of, I can really relate to that Bible reading. I'm so fortunate because that has been a habit in pretty much my whole life, but I'm like that with exercise. And and what I will do is I, I decide I'm going to exercise and I come up with this ridiculous plan. To exercise when mm. it would be just so much better for me to just maybe, you know, get in 8,000 steps a day at first rather than 8,000 steps, you know, 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. And also I'm going to jog uh, for 30 minutes every day or, you know, some dumb yeah. plan I come up with that yeah. never happens. Yeah. Um, it would be, I, I, I know it would be better for me not to do that. And I'm sure many people are like that with Bible reading. I'm going to read my Bible. So now first thing I'm going to do is come up with a plan or don't come up with a plan and just pick your Bible up and start reading.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Read for one minute. And then in four years, yeah. end, the whole thing. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you. I'm sure people will have lots of questions and feedbacks. So if people want to post anything on the mere motherhood Facebook page, then um, we'd be you know, interested in hearing if anybody else has plans or habits that they, ways that they you know, incorporate this habit into their children's lives. Um, I I was, it has been on my mind because I've been thinking, you know, culture is starting to read now and I'm thinking Mm -hmm. like they have their children's Bibles with the pictures and that tells the stories and stuff. So when would you move from something like that? So to reading the actual?
2: As soon as I can read, um, I would say, they could read a couple verses in the morning. Like they could look at their children's Bible or they could just, you know, struggle through a verse or two yeah, in their yeah. in their Bible. Mm. If, if they can read it, if they can, I would just wait till they can actually read. But I wouldn't start them out on a chapter. Like, if right. they could, you know, they could just start reading a one verse. Yeah. And that would be yeah. a good way to start a habit.
1: That's true. Yeah. Get up, read one verse in the morning and knowing my kid, he'll probably be way too enthusiastic for that and be very into the idea of like marking his page and yeah. <laughs> figuring out where he stopped and all that kind of stuff. He'll make yeah. a science out of it.
2: That's all right. That He's going to take over the world someday and we just want to be friends with him <laughs> when he does.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope that we don't ruin him in the meantime then. Yeah. yeah um, I'm sure you won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just pray. Um, yes, That's the lesson, right?
2: There we uh, go. Amen. Well,
1: do you have any, any other final thoughts?
2: No, I think that's it. I think I got that. It's done. I'm done with what's in my head.
1: Okay. Well, thanks again for another episode. Um, for everyone who's been listening, if you want to send in a question, you can email Cindy at Cindy at ordodashamoris.com or me at David at Cersei And of course you can post questions over on the Mere Motherhood page as well. Um we have what was I gonna say? I don't know. out. Um, <laughs> we should figure this on a separate note, we should I I'll have to figure it out. It's like a puzzle. Yeah, make um, sure
2: you get this part out, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Um, anyway, for for uh, for Cindy and for all of us here at Cersei, thanks so much for listening. Um, this has been another episode of the Messenger, and we will be back next week with another one.